If you're looking for a clean, sober, professional, academic, well-researched, historically accurate, generally accurate, serious podcast on Southern folklore, ghosts, bizarre events, and unique people, this podcast is not for you. However, if you've decided you can live with that, then join us for The Strange South. Strange sound. <laughs> Good job. Yay. Hi, Marlea. Hey, Courtney. Hi, Patrice. Hi, Courtney. Hi, guys. Cheers to this absolutely fucking Cheers. amazing, Woo. delicious drink that mm. I am terrified of this class, but <laughs> oh, I'm doing that's it. plastic, though. I'm, I know, but the stuff underneath it is not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I see. You don't want to spill. Yeah. This is the Chartini. This is yes. a custom cocktail I made for a virtual conference that was held this weekend mm. with the professional group of behavior analysts I've been with for most of my life. It feels like 15, 16 years. And we are very close knit group and we hated not to be together. So mm-hmm. our board and our volunteers try to find a way we could all kind of connect. And so they sent out these cards with a cocktail that I created for it. And so we could all enjoy happy hour last night and celebrate at the same time. Some celebrate. Celebrate. (laughs) Three alcohols in it. So if you make it, be careful. It's cognac. Oh, well, I added rye whiskey for the whiskey drinkers, champagne, uh, lemon juice, simple syrup and apples. Mm. Oh, and uh, apple cider, but I forgot to put it in Marleya, so hers is just straight liquor. Yay! There you go. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I started this at 6.30, and you can see where I am right now, and it's not because I don't want to, like, really, like, tear into it. <laughs> it's because it packs a punch. Yes, it does. Oh, my gosh. Like, I'm really glad I'm going first. I'm terrified. (laughs) Well, it's very smooth. It's easy to, like, I drink. It is very, it is delicious. It is. It's very smooth. Somewhere between four and eight of those yesterday. I'm not going to tell you. I'm thinking of another random number. (laughs) Three and 20. Maybe a little champagne at around 11 a.m. Also some coffee and Bailey. Anyway, it was just as if I were at the conference. That's kind of what our day is like. Lots of learning and also socializing. And it was a good day to celebrate. It was a very, very good day to celebrate. I did an 11 a.m. shot yesterday because I was just ecstatic about the news. So exactly. So lighter hearts definitely tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Got any other uh, housekeeping we need to talk about? Um, hmm. We I noticed that we got a, a, a new patron today, and oh, I yeah. totally missed the name. So I'm sorry, new patron person. We will shout out to you next time because they donated like twenty bucks, like right All off right. the bat. Woo. I know, like big time spenders. And we were talking about that last after talk. So we're, we're in the process of putting new after talks up in the. That's Patreon what I was just going to say. Yes. Because um, the, the Patreon, in case you aren't aware of it, if you, it, our donation level is very low for these rewards, like $3 a month. And you get an entire bonus episode every month or every, every episode. Right. Unfortunately, I'm a tad behind on posting those right now, but they should all be up by the end of the week. So um, we'll be up to date and we'll be keeping up to date, hopefully a little bit more from now on. And I'm going to start adding, this is something that I tried to do and didn't get done um, this week. And I'm sorry, but I want to start adding Courtney's like drinks to like the Patreons, just like post them with the recipes that they can have on hand when they're shopping and want to get something good and delicious. Like we're totally going to put, I mean, this is going to, the website too but mm-hmm. we may post start posting them on the patreon before the shows so they can enjoy this 
and us. Patrice does some pretty stellar um, little doodles sometimes of these too, which is awesome. So, you know, whenever she gets like normal time back in her life, <laughs> that's something we could probably look forward to. Oh my gosh. Okay. God love us. We need the time. We need the time. <laughs> we love y'all. Let's get going. I'm ready. Let's get it. Let's do it. All right. So, um, as we just said, yesterday was a great day, and I was still looking for what I was going to cover, and I decided that real life didn't look quite as scary as it has in <laughs> months past, and so I decided to go for a legend today. Um, oh, wait, wait. Oh, I hear myself. Courtney, what are you doing? Sorry. I didn't mean to. <laughs> My phone, I was uh, trying to post a picture of the drink and I accidentally hit our live stream. And so I freaked out for a second. Sorry. I, I really feel like I'm in the TARDIS. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> this, so I'm doing a legend today and um, this is like a first people's legend. So a lot of it comes originally from a book that is called uh, Seven Cherokee Myths by G. Keith Parker. And there's also an Orlando, in a, a Sun Sentinel article by Amy Friedman that some of this comes from, and I'll post some other links. If you don't know, we post our, our research links and photos and everything like that on the show notes on our website after the show. So you'll see some of that there. Um, so <laughs> um, the, the Cherokee people of the Great Smoky Mountains on the Tennessee-North Carolina border have this story. They would tell this tale and it begins with a child picking strawberries on a trail beyond the village. So the child has her head down close to the bushes. She's looking for the best, juiciest strawberries in the patch. And all of a sudden, she feels a hand caressing the back of her hair. And she looks up to see the outline of an old woman's face against the sun behind her. Um, and when she squints her eyes, she sees it's her old auntie standing there looking over her shoulder, helping her find a really nice berry that she missed in the patch. Um, so while the child berry hunts, the auntie sits on a stump at a little distance away. She's humming this pretty little song and her hands are just buried in the sleeves of her robe and she just chats with the girl. And, you know, the girl's just invested in her job. She's just chattering back. She's happily buried in strawberry vines by now. And after a little while, the auntie on the stump calls to her and said, you have all sorts of sticks and leaves and bugs in your long hair. Come on over here and let auntie smooth your hair back for you. And so the child hoists this big full basket of strawberries over to the stump and sets it down and lays her hand on her auntie's lap. And the old woman's fingers just start to go through her hair and they start to just feel really good. They're undoing all these stems and briars from her hair, getting all the tangles out. And it's warm outside and her cheek is upturned and she just starts to feel herself doze off. And um, so soon, or maybe not soon, who knows how long she's dozed, but a call from the village just startles her wide awake. And she hops up and she grabs her basket of strawberries and starts to run off. And then a few steps down the path, she just skids to a halt and she turns around to thank her auntie for, for her help. And the auntie's still sitting there on the same place on the stump. There's a little smile on her face and at the edges of her lips and even just a little down her chin, there's smudges of a red stain on her face. And the little girl starts laughing and she says, you stole my strawberries while I was sleeping and says, shame on you. And Auntie just grins back and she's humming her pretty little song and the girl just dashes toward the village. So the next morning, this little girl doesn't wake with her brothers and sisters. She's lethargic, all the colors gone out of her face and her parents call the medicine man. They try treatments for all the common sicknesses that they might expect and then nothing seems to help so you know it goes on towards the evening and the medicine man starts to try some more serious treatments and another day goes by and nothing changes and the child just continues to get worse and worse and on the end of the second day, the girl's father is asking her all sorts of questions now because he's looking at her and he's thinking, this child is near death. We have to figure out what's wrong with this kid. 
So he asks, when did you begin feeling ill? What was the last thing you remember doing? And she starts to tell him about the strawberry patch that she was at. And he's thinking, oh my God, she misidentified. She ate something that she, she poisoned herself. And could these be toxic? And she's trying to fight back at him because she's, you know, good at this. She knows what a strawberry is. All right. And she, but she can't really speak anymore. Her lips are dry and she licks her lips and she whispers, no, Auntie ate them too. She's not sick. Ask her. And um, her father jumps up and says, Auntie has been away. You remember this. She's been gone from the village for weeks. And suddenly he starts to realize that something is really wrong. And he asks, did you get near her when you were at the strawberry patch? Did you see her hands? Did you see her fingers? And the, girls, the girl tells him that um, everything that she saw, she tells him about the auntie's wide robe and the strawberry juice on her face and the fingers in her hair. And the father starts to sob because he knows now that his daughter is not going to recover because she has met Spearfinger and no one recovers from meeting Spearfinger. Spearfinger. I was going to say, did she like go to the pet cemetery? Cause that kind of sounds like she was. It sounds cemetery. like the pet cemetery. Spearfingers. Okay. Spearfinger. No, it's like, <laughs> By the way, by the way, the new James Bond is going to be, uh, sorry, Goldfinger reference, is going to no. be a black woman. Did you know this? The new James Bond is going to be a black woman? I did not know this. Lashana yes. Lynch is going to be the new James Bond. <gasps> Holy so, shit. Um, anyway, that's okay. off, off topic. So, All right. <clears throat> that's Spearfinger. The Spearfinger. The, the child's father knows that Spearfinger can take the shape of any person. And when she hunts, she always chooses the form of friends or relatives or kindly old ladies in the woods. And um, she, she works to gain trust and she has to get close to her prey, which is usually children, but sometimes is people lost in the woods. And the father knows that when his daughter laid her head on this woman's lap and fell asleep, Spearfinger silently withdrew her right hand from the sleeve of her cloak exposing her index finger which is long as an owl and sharp and made of bone just like and this finger leaves no wound it causes no pain but it is deadly because she silently slides it down the child's neck and pierces and some say it pierces the child's heart and some say it fishes out the child's soul but everybody knows she aims her spear at the person's liver she stabs it, she takes it, she devours it while the child is sleeping in her lap and letting the blood run down the corners of her lips and down her chin. And all the while she's humming this pretty little song. And she doesn't usually sing it aloud while she hunts because the words are, liver, I eat it. <laughs> I thought you were going to Not very spear subtle. Finger. Spear finger. <laughs> yeah. I eat. I eat it. it um, so it's I kind of a dead giveaway. I it up with gold finger. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's the tune. Just <laughs> <laughs> bond. Um, so, yeah, I was trying to imagine what that song would, would sound like, and I just couldn't. So, um, Liver, so I eat she, it. Liver, I eat it. And it go, it's like there's a... Because there's there's Cherokee words after it in the song, but I don't know Cherokee, so I don't I don't know how they would sound. It's liver I eat at Susa Sai. And so she just like apparently prances through the woods and sings about how much she loves to eat livers. I like but, liver um, too, but you know. I don't think I've ever had chicken. liver. Chicken livers. Chicken livers. Well, so in this case, she's done this and there's like I said, it doesn't leave a wound and it doesn't cause pain. But she's able to extract the liver and eat it, and then the child goes away. It's like it's and like that medicine person that puts their hands in the person and does like the surgery with the. That fascinates me. I mean, it's, I just keep you know. on. It's like all I could think of for a second was Indiana Jones and that guy who's just like, I plunge my hand into your heart and pull it back out again. Um, okay, sorry. Go ahead. Spearfinger. So that they wake up and um, the the child will go back. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, nah. the child will go back and they they feel okay but you know your body can't survive without your liver and so in a matter of days whoever's been attacked by spearfinger is going to die so this child who happily picked strawberries three days ago is now being prepared for burial 
and the village is just sick of mourning its children because this has happened a lot and they decide Spearfinger has to be stopped. So, <clears throat> so they call, <laughs> they call a council to decide what they're going to do. And um, they, they can't just, they know they can't just catch her and kill her because she's not just like your run of the mill witch, you know, I mean, and she's not even just your run of the mill shapeshifter. Like she's not like a skinwalker spirit. Spearfinger is actually an ogress in like Cherokee tradition. So oh, she's wow. basically made of stone and her skin and her clothes are all hard as stone. And she has the power to lift and move boulders and rocks. And they say that um, along along the mountain ranges where she would travel, all the boulders and everything that, that are like scattered around the mountain ranges are the result of her building bridges to get places faster. She could just take big boulders and snap them together and cause these big bridges to form. And then she would just travel faster. And um, so they know that this is going to be like a really tall order because there's a stone woman like spearing their children. <laughs> and so they decide, okay, we're going to try and dig a big pit and we're going to bury a whole bunch of spears with the tips up in the pit, like Goonies style. And we're going to lure her into this pit. And they know that she finds human villages by following the smoke of brush fires. So they light this big bonfire to let the smoke go up and then they wait. And they're hiding in the brush and they leave one young warrior stationed in the middle of the path to draw the ogress towards where they need her to go. So as the smoke rises higher up, they start to hear stones just crashing through the woods far, far off. And then it gets a little closer and they're hearing all these pings and bounces and crashes. And then the noise just stops. And a few moments later, an old woman rounds the corner of the path. And the young man who's in the path just looks at her like, like, is this the person? And the medicine man who's like in the bushes is like, Bob, <laughs> you're supposed to run. <laughs> Bob. <laughs> Bob. <laughs> and Bob is in the, the middle Cherokee. of the room like, dude, that's not her. That's Nancy. See, we know Nancy. That's mm -hmm. Nancy. And the medicine man is like, fuck, you did not listen to a goddamn thing I said. And he jumps out of the bushes and he hurls a spear at the old woman and it just bounces off like it just hit a wall. And the medicine man just jumps up and it's like, Jesus, Bob. <laughs> and Beerfinger, like, I just picture Spearfinger just standing in the middle of this path, like flipping her robes back and being like, ha ha. And then she like races towards them up the path. So all of these warriors are like booking their asses towards the pit that they've dug. And then they get there and somehow she doesn't notice that they're like bread and buttering around this <laughs> hole that she can't see. And she does fall in it. But when she falls, all the spears just break underneath her because she's made of stone. And um, the warriors are all crowding around the pit and they're shooting arrows into it. And they're all just going ping, 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 left and right, because she's made of stone. Right. And she's just down here dancing around, throwing them the finger and laughing. And <laughs> we're, they're, they're like fixing to run out of arrows. And then this little bird flies up. It's a titmouse. And the people in the story at this point are like, how do we kill her? I'm like, just like, how do we kill this bitch? And this little titmouse like flies down and sings un, 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 which in their language sounds like the word heart. And so they're like, oh, it's giving us a message. So they all take aim at Spearfinger's heart and they, they shoot the arrows and they just all ping, ping, bounce away. And somebody grabs the titmouse and cuts out its tongue and calls it a liar <laughs> and then lets it go Dang. which seems like a totally dick move really wow. and um that's why apparently the titmouse goes by the name the liar and oh, the, okay. the chickadee then flies down different bird so the little chickadee oh. flies down and it flies down into the pit and it lands on spear fingers hand where the pointy pointy finger is and the warriors look really, really closely because they're like, okay, well, maybe this bird isn't an asshole. <laughs> and so... These birds. <laughs> I mean, man, they, gotta, they, they may be grasping at straws, but you got to kill it somehow. So she's, they notice when they look really closely where this chickadee goes, 
that the other fingers of her hand with the big old pointy pointy, the other fingers always stay clenched like this. And they can look really close and see like just between her fingers, there's a dark thing that like pulsates gripped tightly in her right hand. It's her heart, which she keeps there held tightly all the time, protected by her spear finger. So the warriors raise their bows one more time and they shoot at her hand. And this time they hit the mark. They pierce her heart in between her fingers and she falls down dead. And after this, the people called the chickadee, the truth teller, which I call bullshit on because the other one said heart and it's not its fault that they didn't fucking know where her heart right. was. Right. But that, that is, so the chickadee is the truth teller and the titmouse gets the shaft. Along with a horrible name. Along with a horrible name. What a terrible name. The titmouse. Is that a bird? I just call it titmouse. It is neither a tit nor a mouse. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bird. Is it here in this state that we're the? I think we have them. No, see now, uh, th- well, this yeah. story, this this story is from um, the North Carolina Tennessee border. So um, they're cute, and they're I know tufted titmouse is really cute. It's just unfortunate, and I always wanted to know, like, so when you have multiple titmouses, is it a titmouses or is it titmice <laughs> or what? <laughs> but okay, so anyway, <laughs> the, so that's the story of Spearfinger, and. Um, People people say that um, her favorite hunting grounds were, like I said, along that that mountain ranges, the the Smokies between North Carolina and Tennessee, and um, they include an area called the Norton Creek Trail in North Carolina. And people say that that trail is haunted. So if you're in Tennessee or North Carolina, anywhere there near the border. I don't know whether it has anything really to do with Spearfinger or not, but this trail actually does look creepy as fuck because <laughs> it's got it's got all these like little dark passes and it's got like random just just smatterings of little family graveyards just off the side of the trail. It's got like abandoned homesteads along the trail. So it actually looks like a really cool creepy hike. So if you're in that area, I'm gonna drop a link in the notes and you can hike it and let us know. Because I would love to see what somebody thinks yeah, about that one. I don't it, think I'm doing it myself. Take pictures. <laughs> I'm out. That's My it. Hiking would be like, ah! like running, <laughs> run screaming, no hiking. That's awesome! Wow, I've never. So heard that's that the legend story of Spearfinger. Neither had I. Yeah. Well, Spearfinger. Wow, that is awesome. So, there we go. Thank you. My drink. Real quick, because I'm. Do like we eating. need to? It is called tit mice. Oh, you call them tit mice? The multiple tit mice. There are multiple varieties. That is the higher classification for a tuft. There are oak tit mouses. <laughs> <laughs> Juniper tit mice. <laughs> you just like to say that's tit. Just Black like that's, that's horrible. It's like tit dick mice. doves. I mean, like, why would you <laughs> doves? <laughs> actually actually a dove is a bird so it'd be more like a dick ferret or something <laughs> <laughs> like a dick Evil. weasel <laughs> <laughs> do you want more strange south every week we can help you can follow us on facebook instagram and twitter And you can join our Facebook fan group, Fans of the Strange South Podcast, to keep the chat going with our whole creepy community. Do you have a story idea for us or a story of your own to share? Email us at stories at thestrangesouth.com. Plus, if you join our Patreon, you not only help support the podcast, you get an exclusive bonus episode for every show and a discount on merch. You can find links to all of these things on our website, thestrangesouth.com, along with photos, links, and show notes from every episode, Strange South t-shirts, mugs, and other goodies. See you there. We're back. All right. So first of all, I want to give a shout out to FKA. Fucking Kellyanne. FKA. Is going to be our part-time researcher we're like in a trial period to see if she likes it and to see how it works and stuff which it fits perfectly with helping like me get stories since it's been one of the reasons we had to stop recording every week is because I just have not had time she kind of like 
halfway mentioned it and of course I jumped at the chance and so <laughs> she has been like prepping stories finding stories and going through that rabbit hole that we know very well Marlea oh and my God. finding <laughs> out like how much bullshit <laughs> there is out there and trying uh, to it's make, rough trying to make a story out of some of just the craziness right but I'm so excited because I love fun, funny, smart people. And FKA is one of those. I know she's going to do a great <laughs> job. And she's like already, I've already got like two stories like backed up that she's um, been working on for me. That's awesome. And one of them I was going to do tonight and I told her I was going to do it tonight so I'm sorry FKA I'm not doing your story (laughs) (laughs) and I feel bad but I want to like break out of our box a little bit because this is our show and we can do what the fuck we want but I want to give tribute to the first woman VP Yes, Kamala Harris, a woman of intelligence and color and the daughter of immigrants, which we are all fucking immigrants. Mm -hmm. Her mom is Indian. Her dad is from British Jamaica. And this is the area that I'm going to talk about tonight. And I say British Jamaica because I'm going to give you a quick little history about Jamaica that I didn't know. It's very rough, probably fraught with like the wrong things. I'm going to tell you. (laughs) What a great word. (laughs) But if you didn't know, because again, I am not like geography person of the year. Um, if you didn't, <laughs> you didn't win the award. I didn't, I didn't Geography award this year. of the year. Uh, Jamaica is like right below Cuba, so you know it's Florida, Cuba, Jamaica, and um, it was colonized by England only after they took it away from Spain, like in the 1600s, and it remained like under British control until like the 1960s. It's really, it's really fascinating, y'all, but. Um, okay, so British control until like, you know, pretty recently. And um, then it became independent. But it mirrored this, it, it has mirrored and does mirror the South in a lot of ways. And this was kind of the connection that I found. And as soon as I like started down this rabbit hole, I was like, I'm sorry, Kellyanne, we'll do your story next week. Um, I'm just kind of followed this down and we're just like really stretching down south to Jamaica. (laughs) So, you know, Jamaica has like a rich history of pirates. They have like the tropical diseases that we covered like in New Orleans and the south during like the early 1600s, 1700s um, when we talked about that area. Uh, The white population of Jamaica during that time was reflects very much what was happening in New Orleans and on the coast where uh, I think it was Charles II was bringing like indentured servants, common criminals and prisoners that the British had captured in their battles with the Irish and Scots. So um, they would take all these people and they would ship them over to these new islands that they have colonized. And they were like, you know, do the things right um however uh the spanish when they were there they had enslaved people already working um the agriculture in the fields there because sugar in um jamaica was huge business so when england took over jamaica they imported even more enslaved um africans uh to work the land and from what I can vaguely remember about a documentary or from a documentary that I saw like a gazillion years ago, like sugar, sugar cane harvesting is like really grueling. Like it's really tough work. I mean, any kind of field labor is really tough work, but I just remember them talking about the sugar cane and how um, like all the problems there were with like harvesting it. So 1700s, 1800s, sugar like exploded. It is a drug. Um, 
plantations started popping up. Enslaved, more enslaved people were brought over for free labor. Uh, at the height of this slave worked plantation society in Jamaica, there were like 430 plantations. There were like so many different houses and house slash businesses run to harvest, you know, the sugar and to sell it. Uh, however, enslaved people there in Jamaica, like they outnumbered whites three to one. Mm. So for, for whatever white person, there was three enslaved people that were working the field. So of course this led, well, not of course, this led to revolt because of the shitty enslaved people aspect of it. Um, and so there was, you know, all, this, all these revolts and um, uprisings and stuff throughout the history of Jamaica. And I'm kind of very glossing over the um, history. Of, please look it up because it is very interesting. However, we know also with enslaved people and in a plantation society that there are quote unquote mistresses that come about. But I hate that word mistress because mm -hmm. they were not there of their own. Yeah, I was going to say mistress implies consent. It, yeah, implies consent. They were not. There is not other than just rape victims, basically, um, is the best way that I know uh, how to, um, you know, enslaved people trying to survive, uh, you know, during this time so there was uh, there were missed there were a lot of mistresses there were a lot of children of the plantation whites um who once they were born they actually became free people and because i mean you have 430 plantations and if you have children being born at 430 plantation that number quickly begins to mm. multiply and you have start to have the society of free people um, whose mothers may be enslaved um, but they were considered free so uh, what happened as in the early 1800s and I don't ever remember learning this or reading about this so early 1800s they started seeking action for to for like to free the enslaved people. Um, early 1800s, they granted Jews the right to vote on the island. And in 1830, they actually uh, freed people of color. They freed all the enslaved people and demanded equal rights. So they abolished slavery in Jamaica in 1830, like wow. way before the Civil War, um, which is really quite like it's awesome but it's just it's hard to conceive like how early that happened and um of course when it happened it was not it was fraught with problems just like jim crow after you know oh uh, there's there was still ways that they were trying to repress people wages there was like a huge wage war so now labor is not free but we're not going to pay you what the job mm. is actually worth um, so again, um, revolts uh, happen, natural disasters on top of that happened, uh, human disasters with the government happened. So all of this, you know, but they were freed people. They, they, um, they were not enslaved. They stopped in, um, bringing over enslaved people. Uh, even, even before I think they abolished slavery, they like, stop bringing over uh, enslaved people. But um, after that, you know, and we had our Civil War, and then we had like World War II, and the sugarcane business started to dwindle, dwindle, and their economy very much kind of started to mirror the U.S. economy, where after World War II, they went from agriculture to industrial, with the big thing over in Jamaica as being like mining and stuff. But all of that is the rabbit hole I went down to, and it really has a lot, but not much to deal with what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> I just found that so interesting. <laughs> That's not what we're here for. Jamaica has a fabulous creative rich culture of folklore which of course was brought over by the enslaved um and i mean we're talking like possessed cows haunted <laughs> houses 
and I found several articles. There's, there's a lot of things being written about Jamaica's or has been written about Jamaica's folklore and like how it pertains to their society. Now, again, another rabbit hole I went down, which is mm-hmm. like, I'm gonna post all these article links and um, <laughs> they are really good. But there is a river in Jamaica that flows into the um, Caribbean and its source is unclear. And, uh, you know, one thing that is clear and one thing that Jamaicans say is when the Rio Cabre turns lizard green, the river mama is said to appear. So river mama is actually a mermaid that lives in the rivers there in Jamaica. And she's part of the folklore. And she inhabits the rivers, like I said, of Jamaica and all the fish and everything that lives in the river are considered river mama's children. She's protector of the water and the animals. Uh, She is both sacred and feared by Jamaicans um, and is very prominent in their folklore. So river mama rises out of the river to sit on the rock and combs her long black hair. You do not touch River Mama. You don't even look at her. She is unpredictable, and there is no telling what she'll do to you. (laughs) Some say that if you as much as see her or look at her, that you'll fall into a trance, and she'll grab you by the heels and drag you into the river. Shit. If you try to catch her, all the fish will disappear, and the river will run dry. So you know, it's best to be right by River Mama, right? (laughs) There is actually, the oldest bridge in Jamaica is called Flat Bridge, and it connects the north and south coast there, and it was like a huge trade bridge, a huge bridge that was important to the trade and economy of Jamaica, and it's like, was built in the 1700s and of course it was built by enslaved people and many of them died during the building of this flat bridge and there are tales of river mama um, even to this day like pulling faded cars off of flat bridge into the Rio Cobre and then rescuing the survivors or rescuing the passengers um, from imminent death so a lot of the folklore is still being talked about. In her second home, River Mama lives in the deepest part of the river. And one of the things that, you know, I'm, I'm currently homeschooling my child and I'm trying to like expose him to many different cultures, many different religions and stuff. And um, we get one of those yum boxes that's like Mm. foods from all around snacks from all around the world and stuff like that. And one of like our, our things that we've started doing is we'll have one snack and we'll learn about what the snack is, what's the foods used. Cause they like share all the information um, with you. It's like, you know, this is what you're eating. This is the region it comes from. This is the story behind it. And it's, that's cool. It's very I educational. I, I know yum, it's, it's, yum um, yum, I'll put a link to it on our show notes and send it. But okay. um, I even gave it to my brother for his birthday because it's just, it's just really cool. Um, so what I was, uh, the connection there was they send us a link to music also from that area. That's and, awesome. And one of the music, we were studying Columbia. And so we open it up and they have like a playlist of all like past and current Colombian music. And so we just sit there and we listen to Columbia. Oh my God, the music's fantastic. And we sit there and groove. <laughs> but I was watching some of the video and there was this table in the river. And I'm kind of like, what the fuck? why is there a table and like I didn't get the symbolism I'm just going to tell you the symbolism because I found (laughs) where it comes from (laughs) so for whatever reason um you know river mama who also lives in the deepest part of the river she's like fucking everywhere she lives in all the river okay she is everywhere she she can be wherever she wants she can be wherever she wants to uh 
but she has like a she shack, like in the deepest parts of the river with like twinkle lights and all that, that fun <laughs> stuff. And that's where she goes and she like drinks her martinis and just chills when just people mm-hmm. are just too much up on the surface, right? <laughs> so there with her is said to be a golden table. And the myth or the lore of the golden table is that back when the Spanish um, populated the area and also when they had pirates, they said that the Spaniards left at this table made of pure gold and um, river mama guards that table in her little she shack at the bottom of the river. Right. And often at noon during the hottest part of the day, the golden table will slowly rise up on the surface and hover over the river. And if you see the golden table and you don't know the folklore, of course you want to go and grab the golden table because it's made out of pure gold, right? So obviously if it's too good to be true, if you <laughs> see a golden table don't floating do it. in the river, don't, don't do, do it. it because many have tried to steal it. Uh, and failed and have been pulled into the river. So there are stories by River Mama, by River Mama, stories about foremans from sh- uh, sugar plantations trying to hook up ox to it and pull it out. And of course, all the oxen got, you know, were drowned. And there's stories of like a brother and a sister finding the table. And of course, the sister being the wise one saying, stop, (laughs) get out of here. Don't do it. Don't do it. The brother's like, but wait. Sister's like, no, man, let's go. Um, But it's always uh, kind of a, a moral that goes along with the story. It's like greed is not good. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, things that are too good to be true um, usually aren't and uh (laughs) no i'm seeing like relations to our election season greed is not good and and a lot of our folklore too mama like like river mama i don't think we have anything specific to river mama but they have something called the duppy which is basically our hug and molly uh where it's like you don't oh. run into them at night the children don't like uh, the duffy doesn't hug you the duffy is like really kind of fucked up it's more like a shapeshifter kind of thing mm. but it's like one hand of a person or one leg of a person and the other of a cow i, I think that's the possessed cow but there's <laughs> always like the correlation between like a lot of our folklore and a lot of you know what's told in Jamaica and elsewhere, obviously, y'all all know. I mean, it's cautionary tales. Don't be home after yep. dark. Don't mm-hmm. get don't get too close to the river. Greed mm-hmm. is not good. People uh who do bad things ultimately will not get away with it. Karma's mm-hmm. a bitch. Um so mm-hmm. it's like no matter how dark things get, um, you know, these tales come with, you know, this universal wisdom. And of course, you know, a lot of this wisdom, a lot of these tales were told by either indigenous people or enslaved people. And we just simply are, you know, appropriating them and retelling them. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they, they come in and we love them. And that's why y'all are watching this. And that's why we started the Strange Souths because we love the beauty and darkness. We love the mystery about it. We believe in science, but mm-hmm. we also love the what ifs. So, and stories are important. Stories, stories tell us a lot they more. Are. They do. They do. Um, and so, when researching this, I found an article by Dee Dee Beck in the Jamaican Observer, and she's talking about River Mama, and um, and she presents this because in a lot of ways Jamaica is still a very poor uh, area, but they are so rich in creativity and other things. And she's like, why can't we just coexist with these elusive and magical beings without the impulse to trap and destroy them? 
So, you know, why do we have to be Bigfoot hunters? Why do we have to go try to capture River Mama and keep her? So I'm like, you know, no, we don't need to capture Bigfoot. We don't need Bigfoot hunters. We don't need ghost hunters. We need, we need like Bigfoot zoologist or cryptologist, right? Mm, yes. We, we don't need ghost hunters. We need ghost lookers or mm -hmm. seekers or something like that. We, Ooh, seekers. I like that. Um, and I'm going to like read basically the last part of her article, which I really, I, I loved her connection here. She's like many individuals, um, however, uh, however brought formidable uh, global recognition and respect to the country for its exquisite creativity, intelligence. She's talking about Jamaica. Like there's so many intelligent and creative people in this area. We have a rich history of creativity. We also have a rich history of self-sabotage. So River Mama epitomizes the untamed potential of Jamaica's abundance. And with every attempt to capture comes the self-destruction. Um, Jamaica has its own mystique. It's nurtured by the glamorous and the tragic idea of it being financially poor, yet culturally rich um, island in the sea. And that really struck home to me because, um, you know, it's the South, you know, we are culturally rich, but financially poor. Reading on, she's like, you know, we have this toxic dynamic uh, that was absorbed into our subconscious as of a nation. Many still expect economic undervaluing, free labor or cheap labor, but beauty is also light. We can coexist with the mysterious mama without capturing her. We can see, appreciate, love, and release her and trust that she'll return. In the same way, Jamaica can be the wealthiest and most joyous island in the Caribbean if we change our collective mindset. We can keep our legend while consistently prospering, but we must be willing to expect magic and greatness. The River Mama remi uh, remains a mystery, but maybe she'll resurface for us with a new life among old tragedies and folklore. Until then, traverse the bridge, and she's talking about Flatbridge, with love for those who died to make it possible. May we see the mama when the rivers turn lizard green. So I just thought that was a just fantastic little article and story kind of enveloping Jamaica, but also kind of relates to us here at the South and, and our storytelling, love of the story, love of creativity, and love of the myth, but we still believe in science. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you keep throwing that in. That is awesome. <laughs> and that mama. is my story. Mama. That's River so mama. good. Thank you. That's awesome. Two folklores again. I know. Right? Well done. Thanks everyone for watching. Yes. Check us out, thestrangesouth.com. Join all the things. Say hey. Become a patron for three bucks a month. Uh, we're going to do an after talk, but all of our after talks from the past 71 shows. Cheers, ladies. Mm -hmm. There's um, nothing in this cup anymore. <laughs> or <laughs> they are there. And and yes, and all the things. And we appreciate y'all so much. We're fisting to get into our after talk. Um, if you want to stick around for that, I have another Jamaican lore to talk about. Ooh, check you um, out and i've um, always wanted to go to jamaica yeah so thanks y'all cheers Bye. thank you i prepped my um drink and just threw it in a mason jar because i knew i would be drinking this and wanting to drink more of this a lot <laughs> in between me telling stuff so what's your what's your blue grow light what's it mm. on what plants do you have actually a lot of plants wow yes so i have medium size alive plant and oh. then smaller kind of struggling alive plant which is <laughs> like i don't fucking know the plant's names it's like, <laughs> i can draw you a picture of the leaf i guess <laughs> this is like kind of botanical looking plant and then <laughs> this is like every millennial apartment plant <laughs> those are my plants
So they're not edible plants. They're they're decorative plants. They're decorative plants. Yeah. I never know what those look like either. I planted zinnia, I think, in in multiple places in my yard, mm-hmm. like at the beginning of the summer, and nothing happened. And I thought that they were dead. And then all of a sudden, these like really long shoots started coming up in multiple places in my yard and just going like, and there's one little tiny flower, like right at the end of each one. And I'm like, well, I guess that's what you are. Yeah, I have, man, all kinds of shit growing in my yard that I don't know if it's like weed or not. Not like the You better figure that shit out. I know. (laughs) More than likely it's weed, but it's like I have a tendency to like find weeds that I like and that are pretty, that have pretty little flowers. And so then I just let them be and then I can just feel my neighbors like looking down their nose at me for my- Oh, screw them. Weedness. They're being sustainable. You oh, are yeah. you are maintaining a native plant garden. I am all over it. Yep. For sustainability. I have and wildlife. It's spectacular. Yep. Out the kazoo. So it's working. All the deer come to my yard. So, you know. I I a bobcat damn crossed the road in front of my car. A bobcat. Mm. I didn't know we had bobcats. Yeah. But we do. It we had do. no tail. Yeah. We do. We have Mississippi too. I've heard of one. I didn't see it, but I heard of one. Where's Courtney? He didn't look scary. She went to the bathroom. Oh, sorry. Hi, everybody. <laughs> we will you're, keep talking. You're <laughs> drinking too, right? All of you people off of yes. live land? <laughs> Please do. Oh. <laughs> Courtney's like, sorry. <laughs> We can't control our bladders. It's okay. Everyone right. gets a chance to pee. Exactly. Okay, Come one on. more, two more. Yes. Five more sips. Sorry, I don't have time when I'm making your drinks. Sorry. It's true. Sorry. I made her I made her make my drink for me. It's on me. Cuz I'm seriously I just sitting here. <laughs> I worked my so feet hard up. Here listening to you guys talk about stuff you've researched all week. All I did was mix some stuff in a class and delivered <laughs> well this one actually took time because i did try out different flavors i really made this mm. one up so oh my god it's perfect it's perfection 